myself that I'm gonna make it you know regardless of how people felt at that time and what it does is it makes you feel like well it made me feel like there's gonna be points that people are gonna mistake my confidence for arrogance they don't understand the process I went through mm -hmm. and how much I had to believe in myself in order to make these things happen I had to convince myself all right y'all so um I wanted to kind of bring that to the table um, because I want to take this time First and foremost to say, welcome everybody back to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. This is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Um, I wanted to bring that up from 50 um, because he said something very educational. And, and, and he brought something very um, just full of honesty, what he said there. Um, you know, I'm very uh, passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I love writing articles um, for DiscussPW.com. You guys can check out my recent article that dropped this morning um, titled um, Montreal Buckle Up. Um, and that is pertaining to the upcoming match in Montreal, Quebec, Canada at, a, at Elimination Chamber between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Um, so you guys can check out that article on discusspw.com. Uh, um, thank you to everybody that actually really listens to the podcast. First and foremost, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you guys. And thank you to everybody that reads my articles on discusspw.com. means a lot. Uh, but 50, like I said, he says something that just very, it, it hit home because, you know, I'm not a cocky person. I'm not, I don't need to be cocky. I don't need to. Um, I don't need to be arrogant, narcissist. I don't need to be any of those things. Because I know I'm good at what I do. I have the passion. I have the knowledge. Um, I have the creativity. And that's what I've built my podcast on. That's what I built the Wrestling Tech podcast around. You got to build a model, right? When you build a show, when you build a podcast. I built that on honesty and creativity. Um each and every week, each and every month, year by year, you know, the motto is going to always remain the same, honesty and creativity. And that's what you guys can get every single week. Um, like I said, I love what I do. I'm very thankful for each and every one of you um, that goes out and listens to the podcast, that goes out and reads all of my articles. Um, y'all know, if you're a day oneer, y'all know what the vibe is. Y'all know what the goal ultimately is for me. Uh, to be a writer for a wrestling promotion, uh, WWE in particular, to be a writer for uh, that company. Um, if you're just finding the wrestling takeover, man, you're going to see and hear nothing but truth, nothing but uh, somebody that is very passionate about the world of professional wrestling and someone that's very creative. All right, so I'm not going to stir away from that. I'm going to keep busting my ass. Got to continue to work hard. And that's something that I will continue to do each and every week. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you all for the support. Um, like I said, we know the big goal, but I have another goal. 
that I really want to, you know, kind of accomplish, if not this year, hopefully real soon. And that's take the wrestling takeover to Sirius XM, uh, a higher radio station. Uh, that's where I want to, you know, ultimately be and build a studio and, and just continue to build the brand. And um, I can't do it alone. You guys got to, you know, I would say do your part and just continue to spread the word. Rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Um, and just continue to spread the word. And that's all I ask. Um, social media, you guys can follow me at JT Takeover on Twitter. And follow me on Instagram. Most importantly, Instagram, man. I'm really trying to build something over there on IG. So uh, if you guys can follow me on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover, I'd really appreciate it. Um, let's jump right into it, man. Let's get right into uh, the wrestling news. All right, yeah. So, you know, I uh, I want to do Thursdays permanently to cover the wrestling news. Um, I've been juggling and trying to come up with a date to consistently put out news. And so I'm going to do it every Thursday moving forward. Um, and we got a lot of news to tackle. We have a lot of news to tackle um, got some from AEW, got some from WWE, uh, you know, the big two companies, but let's jump right into it, man. The first article is coming from Fightful, which is titled Charlotte Flair feels she made WrestleMania 35's main event come together. No, you didn't. That was some bullshit. That was some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's cap. No, you didn't, but <laughs> It is what it is, man. So let's get to the article. So Charlotte Flair made Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, or all three of them made history, excuse me, at WrestleMania 35 when they became the first women to headline WrestleMania. The three women battled in a winner-take-all triple threat match with the WWE SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships on the line. On television, the original bout was set to be Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, which should have been the case. Um, so after that, we seen Charlotte Flair was inserted into the match by Vince McMahon internally, uh, replacing Lynch. So she was supposed to be replacing, uh, Becky Lynch. And it was supposed to be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda instead of Becky Lynch versus, um, Ronda Rousey. While speaking on busted open radio, Flair reflected on her place in the bout. Now, before I go and say what she had to say. Let me say my opinion. Charlotte Flair was not needed in that match. We all understand that. She was not needed. She actually made the match even worse. That was not a good WrestleMania match. That was one of the worst WrestleMania main event matches ever. That match was not good. And also, the match started really late. Really, really late. So those are my two, I would say, negatives of it. Uh, Charlotte Flair did not make this match. I don't know why she says that. You know, she has this delusional mindset sometimes when she goes on, you know, radio stations and stuff like this. And she says things like this. You did not make this match. This match was already made even before you even came into the fold. People were more hyped for Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Than Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, and Becky Lynch. 
You were just added because you played politics. Everybody plays politics. Let me put that out right now. Everybody plays politics. Everybody does. All the big time stars do. But it's just, it's crazy. Charlotte Flair is great, but she's not the greatest. I'll get to another article because there's another article with Charlotte Flair, but I'm going to get to this first article here. She said, quote, yes, I do. Flair said, agreeing with the sentiment that she was the glue in the match. No, you were not. You were not the glue. Uh, She said, quote, you have this hot baby face, Becky Lynch, that the fans love. You got this woman, Rousey, who paved the way and showed that women could main event a pay-per-view in UFC. I definitely feel like I made it all come together. Yes, the narrative is fun to say that I was shoehorned or however inside the circle wanted to talk to me about, but I know what my purpose was. Looking back now, I'm okay with that. Okay. You are entitled to your opinion. But sweetheart, you were shooed in there. You had no reason to be a part of that match. You had no reason to be a part of that match. None at all. All of a sudden, what? It was like two weeks before WrestleMania. Then you got shoehorned in there. Why did you get shoehorned in there? Because you wanted to be a part of history. I understand that. That's fine. But you politicked your way into a situation that did not concern you. That's my problem. She continued. Do you feel like people are consistently poking at me and I never give them anything? I've been so consistent in the public. I never put down other talent to pro uh, protect myself. Okay. <laughs> Charlotte Flair, she doesn't politic her way to the top. I just said that she does politic her way to the top. All right. Reason number one, the Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey aspect. She didn't need to win that. I'm not. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. In regards to her appearing on SmackDown and winning the championship. Because apparently she said that she didn't even know she was going to win the championship. You guys remember when she won the title when she returned recently? She said that she didn't know that she was going to win that championship. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. But even then I could see her way politicking that aspect as well. But I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Uh, She said there is consistent Charlotte hate. I don't feel it, and I and I feel like sometimes that's what they're looking for. I was a part of WrestleMania 35 happening. No matter what they want me to say, no one will ever take away from how I feel about myself, the performance, and the storyline. The storyline was shit. Um, and that ends the article. The storyline was dog shit. The storyline was awful. The match really underwhelmed. It was not a good main event. Um, also... She talked about how I feel sometimes that's what they're looking for. They're looking for hate. Let me tell you something. Let me speak from my behalf. This is Jordan Turner speaking for himself. Charlotte Flair is a great in-ring performer. But there is a problem that I have with this woman. Not Ashley Flair, the Charlotte Flair character. See, I'm able to separate the difference. I don't hate Ashley Flair. Ashley Flair did nothing to me. I don't attack the wrestlers personally. 
I don't. I never have. I never will. I attack the character, though. You got me fucked up. We're attacking the character. That's all we're doing. That's it. Not the real life human being outside of the character. So I want to make that perfectly clear to everyone listening and to Ashley Flair and to Ric Flair and to WWE. I'm not attacking her personally. The character is not good. This character of Charlotte Flair has to be competing for championships. Why? Why does she always have to be competing for championships? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Like, it's so dumb. It's like, if she doesn't compete for the championship, she has no purpose. And by the way, it's not how many times you win the championship that counts. It's what you do in those title reigns that count the most. And, you know, the fans will look back at your reign. Like, if Charlotte Flair, throughout her entire career, only won eight championships, I guarantee you, all those eight championships would be memorable. She'd have a reign that lasts a year, a year and a half, maybe two years, six months, eight, nine months, and then she loses it. I'd rather be, I'll speak for me, I'd rather be a fucking eight-time champion. But within those eight title reigns, I've had it for a year, two years, uh, tw- uh, 11 months, um, 10 months, nine months, something like that. Instead of winning 16 damn championships and only having, that was my computer, I apologize, you guys. Um, instead of only having it 16 times and then all my title reigns are garbage. Like, let's keep it a being. Let's keep it 100. Her reigns are awful. I have not ever remembered one title reign with Charlotte Flair. Not one. Does she put on good matches? Of course she does. Because she's a great professional wrestler. You see, you guys got to understand. You Ashley Flair fans, you Charlotte Flair fans have to understand where people like myself are coming from. I'm not attacking Ashley Flair. I'm attacking Charlotte Flair, the character. Because the character sucks. The character sucks because Charlotte Flair always needs a championship to feel relevant. She's fucking Charlotte Flair. She will always be relevant. If she doesn't have a championship, she's irrelevant. Why? Why can't the creative in WWE book Charlotte Flair in a rivalry without the championship? I've always wondered that. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It is what it is, though. It is what it is. Um, next article has to do with Ric Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair. Uh, this is coming from Fightful. Um, Ric Flair said Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley has to be a WrestleMania main event. It will be spectacular. I'll give you guys my opinion on it before I read the article. Ric Flair is correct. But there's going to be fans that challenge him on that. I already see it on social media. As soon as Ric Flair put this out, and as soon as Fightful put this out, people were swarming Ric Flair. People were swarming on social media. Oh, now, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley shouldn't be the main event. 
of night one. I'm predicting it will be the main event of night one. I think the two main events will be Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, main eventing night one. And, of course, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, main eventing night two. Uh, But focusing on main eventing night one with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, I think it will main event night one. There is a story there. And you know I love story. Y'all know I love stories. And Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley have a story. All right? Um, Rhea Ripley explained it on Monday Night Raw. All right? So they have a story there. Um, People are on social media saying that they would rather see the Usos main event against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So I feel those two matches are going to be really debatable as the weeks roll on heading into WrestleMania. What match should main event night one of WrestleMania? The Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Or should it be Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair? The propaganda, the agenda of women's wrestling, um, that is going to you know, be the catalyst to these two women main eventing WrestleMania. So I want to make that perfectly clear to everybody right now. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley will main event night one of WrestleMania. Ric Flair discusses the announcement that Charlotte Flair will face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Charlotte had been absent from WWE for several months after lost the SmackDown Women's Championship to Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania Backlash. She returned and beat Ronda Rousey in an impromptu title match to regain the gold on December 30th episode of SmackDown. Meanwhile, Ronda Rousey has been featured a member of Judgment Day um, alongside uh, Finn Balor or Rhea Ripley, excuse me. This fucking article. It's Rhea Ripley. I'm sorry. This person that wrote the article put Ronda Rousey. I got to do better. I got to do better by paying attention. Uh, Rhea Ripley um, alongside Finn Balor, Damian Priest and Dominic have been with Judgment Day in recent months. She's been fucking killing it. Shout out to Rhea Ripley. Uh, Rhea Ripley won the women's Royal Rumble match at, obviously, Royal Rumble. And she chose Charlotte Flair as her WrestleMania opponent. The next night on Monday Night Raw, the belt will be the first ever one-on-one women's rematch in WrestleMania history. In 2020, Charlotte Flair won the Royal Rumble and defeated Rhea Ripley to win the NXT Championship at WrestleMania 36 in a fucking certified banger. A banger, man. I know it was in the pandemic area. I understand. But when it comes to women's matches, let's say WrestleMania in particular, when it comes to women's matches, Charlotte Flair and Ra- and, and um, Rhea Ripley put on one of the best women's matches in WrestleMania history. Even though it was with no people. Um, I think this is a... Um, this is a, I would say a thank you from the creative and Triple H to Rhea Ripley. Um, speaking on his To Be The Man podcast, Ric Flair shared his thoughts on the announcement. He stated that he believes their match has to be one of the main events of WrestleMania. Ric Flair, this is going to be the main event of night one, not one of the main events. Um, excuse me, I will be right back, guys. I got to do something. Hold up. All right, we're all good. I wanted to plug in my charger because my computer was about to die. 
All right, we're good. So Ric Flair uh, shared his thoughts on the announcement. He stated that he believes their match has to be one of the main events of WrestleMania. Ric Flair, it will be night one's main event. It will not be night two's main event. It will be night one's. Ric Flair also noted that Ripley has maintained a lot of praise uh, her previous WrestleMania match with Charlotte Flair. Ric Flair then called Charlotte Flair the best worker in the company and it stated that their match will be hard to follow. That's a good point. He's making a good point in that last comment. They will have a phenomenal match because they had a banger at WrestleMania 36. Um, but Ric Flair calling Charlotte Flair the best worker, I mean, that's Ric Flair. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's very debatable, Ric Flair, but it's Ric Flair. He said, quote, it's going to be one of the main events. It's going to be spectacular. Rhea has mentored so much or matured so much. That match they had in front of no people a couple years ago was fantastic. I can only imagine. I mean, the queen is in a place where just plain, simply, and uh, better, uh, a better worker in the business, in the company. I'm sure that she and Rhea will tear the joint down. If I were the guys, I wouldn't want to follow them. I would want to be hopeful that they'd be on last. Um, so Ric Flair then continued by describing how he's happy to see Rhea Ripley branching off of her own rather than remaining tied with the Judgment Day. He noted that he wasn't sure rather Rhea Ripley will stay with the faction after WrestleMania and called her a great singles attraction. Uh, the legend then uh, repeated that he believes Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley will tear it down. He said, quote, as much as I enjoy that group she's with, which worked out really nice, I'm really happy she's going to go on her own now again. I like that. Win, lose, or draw, I don't know rather she'll be able to stay with the group or not, but she is such a great singles attraction. She and the queen will tear it down. I'm so excited for both of them. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm very excited. Uh, Charlotte Flair recently described how she felt like she made the main event of WrestleMania 35 come together. I already checked that out. Um, so, and there was an article talking about how Rhea Ripley had to say about getting compared to China. Uh, Rhea Ripley is, I wouldn't see the next China, but she's on that level. She's, she's going there. Um, you know, I'll say this before um, I continue with a new article. Um, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair are going to put on a certified banger. We know that. Uh, both women are going to put on a great performance at WrestleMania. That will be the main event of night one. Um, and Rhea Ripley needs to win that match. Rhea Ripley is going to go to Friday Night SmackDown. And she's going to have a killer reign on that brand. Um, I believe we're going to see new champions crowned um, at WrestleMania. Um... I think Rhea Ripley is going to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. And I think Cody's going to beat Roman Reigns. We'll get to that later on. Um, but um, yeah, Rhea Ripley's just been doing a phenomenal job, man. I'm such a big fan of Rhea Ripley. Call me a Mark fan. It's all good. I'll take it. I'll take it. Shout out to Rhea Ripley, man. Um, you've been doing your thing in the Judgment Day. Um, me personally, I think you're the leader of Judgment Day. Um, I know Finn Balor is the leader, but you are the certified leader in Judgment Day. Um, I love your persona. I love your look. Um, you look great. Um, and you just have this presence about you that is very commanding on television. Um, 
And people comparing her to China, I love that. I've compared her uh, to China as well. And Rhea Ripley seeing that as well. Um, so Rhea Ripley, man, in 2023, I think it's going to be her year. Um, and when she does win the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania, I think she needs to hold it for a year. The whole year of 2023, she needs to go on a rampage. Uh, no pun intended, until they can find that that person to ultimately beat Rhea Ripley. Um, I'm going to think long-term here. Um, I think Rhea Ripley does win the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then I think WWE is going to build up Raquel Rodriguez to be the woman to defeat Rhea Ripley. That's one of my uh, you know later long-term predictions there. But we'll see what happens. Uh, another report from FIFO. Moving on with FIFO reports here. Jim Ross on the WWE Royal Rumble. He says Cody Rhodes winning was the right call. Gunther may have been the MVP. Jim Ross, the GOAT, shares his thoughts on the Royal Rumble. Uh, WWE held its Royal Rumble premiere live event on January 28th. The show kicked off with the Men's Royal Rumble. And Cody Rhodes, who made his return from the torn pork tail muscle, won the belt. He was the 13th entrant, and he lasted eliminated Gunther in order to emerge victorious. Though Gunther didn't clinch the win, the WWE IC champion broke the record for the longest time spent in a Royal Rumble match. He was the first entrant, and he lasted over an hour and 11 minutes. In a clip on Ross Grilling JR podcast posted on his YouTube channel, Ross, a former lifetime WWE commentator and head of talent relations, was asked to share his thoughts on the Royal Rumble event. The WWE Hall of Famer noted that he didn't watch the whole thing, but he liked what he saw. Ross congratulated Rose for his victory and noted that while it wasn't a big surprise, he believed it was the right call. So this is what Jim Ross had to say. He said, quote, I watched it and I watched it all of it. Um, I had company here, so I didn't dwell on it, but I did watch pieces of it. I thought it was an amazing production. It looked great, sounded good on my TV. It was an interesting event. Certainly, I'll congratulate Cody Rose for winning uh, for winning the match. It's not a huge surprise, but does it? But does that matter? Uh, he was the right call. He was the right guy for the job and the right call. Now he's going to be able to help uh, the company build their way to WrestleMania in a few weeks. So I thought it was a good show. I thought there were some moments here and there. Um, I thought it was interesting that they started out with the Royal Rumble match for the men. Didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was an interesting way to start. And it captured my attention right off the bat. Of course it did. Of course it did. We were all shocked. And when we found out what was going to be the main event, we knew somehow to pop off. If that's the bloodline turning on Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline, which he did, or if it was The Rock's return. Ross also praised Gunther and expressed that he was arguably the MVP of the match. Given his impressive performance, he called it the best night of Gunther's career and stated that he had a successful outing, though he didn't win. Ross went on to state that he expects great things for Gunther moving forward. Before I continue to say what he what uh, Jim Ross had to say, Gunther, I am on record. Now, from the reports today, it's not looking like we are getting Gunther versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Actually, from WrestleVotes, uh, they tweeted this morning. Um, let me find the report real quick or the tweet um, real quick because um, 
This is uh, this is pretty interesting stuff. Um, so they were on Twitter, right? So Russell Volts tweeted out, I'm told while not decided 100%, there are plans to feature an Intercontinental Championship three-way match at WrestleMania, Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. There are a number of supporters within the creative that not, not only want the match, but they want it towards the top of the card. So they want it towards the top of the card. So I'm guessing second to last match, third to last match, top four. I could see top four. I'm going to talk about WrestleMania in, 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 uh, in depth. I'm going to make a podcast about WrestleMania, what card I would prefer to do for WrestleMania, what matches I would rather see on the card, and just talk about WrestleMania in general. Also talk about some of my favorite WrestleMania matches. You guys know the deal. We do it every year. Uh, once WrestleMania you know, comes around, we we look back at things, and, and uh, I'll give you guys my opinion on WrestleMania's card this year and why I believe WrestleMania 39. I'm going to go on record today on Thursday, February 2nd, and tell you this. WrestleMania 39 is going to be the biggest, the best WrestleMania of all time. That's all I'll say. Um, so, yeah. Looks like looks like we ain't getting Brock Lesnar versus Gunther. It's all good. As long as we get Gunther versus Brock Lesnar, the next best place is, of course, SummerSlam. So we'll see. But this is what Jim Ross had to say about Gunther. He's a freak. He had a hell of a night, no doubt about it. Probably the best night of his career ever. It's arguably to say that Gunther was the MVP of that show because he went well over an hour. But he's a lean, mean fighting machine. There's no doubt about that. So that's off to hat. That's off hat to him as well. It's just great to see wrestlers having the opportunity on a major stage to succeed and their effort to take their success. If that is true, which I believe it has to be, Gunther had one hell of a night. He had a very successful night, even though he didn't win. It's one of those classic situations where the guy that goes over doesn't always get over. And in this scenario, I fully believe that Gunther got over, even though he didn't win the Rumble. So he's an interesting prospect. I would expect big things for him, uh, especially after Saturday night. Yeah, 2023 is going to be a phenomenal phenomenal year for Gunther. I'm telling you that right now. If he loses the IC championship at WrestleMania, this guy's going to no doubt about it become universal champion or if he gets traded and goes to Monday Night Raw, he's going to be the WWE champion sooner rather than later. We're just going to have to see what happens and see what goes on there. Moving on to a new article. This is coming from No DQ. This talks about Steve Austin and The Rock reportedly turned down match offers for WrestleMania 39. I'm going to make a point here with The Rock. I'm tired of talking about The Rock, man. I really am. I know there are people in the community that are over the Roman Reigns and Rock speculation. It's going to happen or it's not going to happen. You know, it is what it is. Um... I seen a report stating that The Rock said that, you know, he wouldn't mind facing Roman at WrestleMania 40. Bruh, the perfect time for you to have faced Roman was at WrestleMania 39. 
and you're not doing it because of, we don't know. We don't know. Apparently, he's not in in ring shape. I know there's a difference between being in shape and being in ring shape. I'm not an idiot. I know there's a difference. All right? Um, I'd rather him just have said he's not in in ring shape instead of saying he's not in shape. Because that's cap. That's some bullshit. You are in shape. You're just not in in ring shape. There's a difference. But Steve Austin Rock reportedly turned down match offers for WrestleMania 39. This is coming from Aaron Rift of No DQ. Uh, shout out to everybody in No DQ as well. Um, I used to work with those guys as well. They're good people. So shout out to No DQ. As previously noted, WWE reportedly made Steve Austin a quote huge money offer for a match against the undisputed Universal Champion Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39, and there were apparently a pitch for Austin to have a match against Brock Lesnar. Number one, the match with Roman Reigns makes no logical sense. It doesn't make sense. Now, you want me to armchair book? You want me to fantasy book on the fly here as I'm recording? I'll tell you this. The past generation versus this current generation's top guy. There's your story. That's all I got for you. Now, (laughs) but that makes me the best. That makes me the king because I'm able to adapt quickly on the fly to come up with storylines. I'm good at those things. Now, Brock Lesnar. No. No. I'm not trying to watch Steve Austin get superplexed by fucking Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is not a normal human being. This guy's a fucking beast. The beast incarnate. They don't call him that for no reason. They don't call him now for whoop-dee-doo-woo-woo-woo. No. This guy's a monster. And you want him to go one-on-one with Steve Austin? If this was 2002 back then, which they should have done it in 2002, that's when Steve Austin you know, got his ball and ran home. Because there was a report that he was supposed to put, up, put over Brock Lesnar. But Steve Austin didn't want to put over Brock Lesnar if there was no story and if it didn't make sense. Shout out for Steve Austin for that. Because that's true. Not going to put over Brock Lesnar just because. You have to give me a reason as to why I'm putting over someone like Brock Lesnar. But these two matches for Steve Austin, no. No. Um, During Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer. Oh, Dave Meltzer. Do I take what Dave Meltzer says seriously? No. Because this guy dances around the answer. He doesn't just give you the answer straight out. I understand he has a business to behold. He has an image to behold. I understand. But man, this guy just does not give you the direct answers. So I I don't really take what Dave Meltzer says seriously at all, to be honest. I I really don't. Um, Just my my honest opinion about it. Um, But this is what Dave Meltzer had to say. So... He said, hold up one second. All right, here we go. He said, as far as Austin goes, he might be at the show. I wouldn't be surprised at all. He might do something on the show, but he did, in fact, turn down a wrestling at the show. He was offered Lesnar. He was offered Roman Reigns. He probably could have named his opponent if he wanted to do it with anybody else, but he did not choose to wrestle on the show. All right, so there he goes, Melter. That's how you give the viewing audience clarification. Instead of dancing around things. So you, you're you good on that part. Meltzer also brought up The Rock turning down a WrestleMania match. The same goes for Dwayne The Rock. 
Uh, it's not a swerve. That's always the idea that it's a secret. But we're past at that point. Dwayne's not wrestling anybody else unless it's a three-second match. Nobody wants to see fucking The Rock wrestle for three seconds. Fuck no. Uh, he did not feel that he had the time to get into shape that he needed to be in to do a WrestleMania caliber main event. What did I just tell you? There's a difference between getting in shape and getting in ring shape. Why don't the, the Rock just say, I'm not in ring shape? Simple. But yes, Dave Meltzer always dances around shit and it's annoying and I can't stand it. Can't stand it. But uh, there you go. Moving on to the next article, we're going to talk about Tony Khan. Um, another report from FIFA. Tony Khan explains how we changed his booking layout to help stories and organize organizations. Um, this is interesting. Tony Khan keeps a busy schedule with running AW and ROH while also contributing to Fulham FC and the Jacksonville Jaguars as a man wearing many hats. Khan keeps everything in check by staying organized. Tony Khan needs to give somebody else that runs Ring of Honor. He needs to give somebody that power to run Ring of Honor. He just says yes or no with decisions. That's it. Let the person run Ring of Honor and your focus is on AEW, Fulham, and the Jacksonville Jaguars and other ventures that you have. Leave Ring of Honor to somebody else. That could have been a perfect spot for William Regal. But William Regal is back home where he should be with Paul Levesque. Khan said many times since the start of AEW that he had been booking wrestling shows since he was a kid, writing down various matches and segments in his notebook when growing up. Uh, that's what I used to do as well. That's why I want to be a writer. I used to do the same thing that Tony Khan's doing. Actually, I still do it. Khan keeps the same energy as the owner of AEW and Ring of Honor organizing stories on paper to get an idea of where he wants to go on television. He said, quote, I had a process. I already had a schedule of what I plan week to week and different stories uh, with different matches and segments. At some point, I just uh, invented it. I realized I should tip this over instead of looking at the dates and building it out. I kind of flipped what the column was and what once uh, rows were and put the columns where the rows were. And now I organize everything like this since full gear. And now I feel like I'm more organized, even though it's all the time information. It's just looking at it differently. It really helps. Uh, Khan said on the what the fuck with Mark Merrill while showing Merrill and his co-host his booking sheet. I always want to see booking sheets. I love the creative, man. I really do. I really do. Uh, when it was mentioned that Khan's sheet looked like a storyboard, Used for many uh, mediums in entertainment, Khan said, quote, I was already doing that, and we kind of had that. But I had it another way, where I was looking at the shows, and I had where the columns were. Out here were the different wrestlers and stories. For uh, some reason, I didn't know why. It shouldn't make that big of a difference. Flipping it off, the flow working down the paper and the page. It looks a lot better, and it works a lot better. It's basically the same thing, and I was doing it. I just flipped the page around, and it's helped me uh, be more organized. Yeah, taking notes will help you. Taking notes will help you be organized. Yes, it would be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before I move on to the new article, 
Um, I want to take this time to say thank you, you all, uh, for the support. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Uh, be sure to follow me on social media, man. Don't forget Instagram at the Wrestling Takeover. Uh, most importantly, and uh, Twitter at JT Takeover. Again, check out my new article that I wrote for DiscussPW.com that dropped this morning. Um, talking about Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, and the Elimination Chamber. So, let's get into the new article, man. Uh, Jeff Cobb says he was close to signing with WWE in 2021. Also had talks with WWE before the pandemic. This, of course, is coming from Fightful. And I want to tell you, I get all my news mostly from Fightful, um, No DQ. I'm on and off on ringside news. I'm really on and off about them, but I do report some things on there sometimes. But I'm kind of backing off of that a little bit. But uh, yeah, Fightful is really where I'm going to get my news from even more so moving forward. Um, so Jeff Cobb was close to signing with WWE. It's interesting. Um, in February 2020, Jeff Cobb made a surprise appearance on AEW Dynamite as they hired Gunn for Chris Jericho to take out John Moxley. Cobb was a part of the New Japan roster at the time, but was entertaining offers from multiple companies, including the WWE. Speaking on Steve Fall of Wrestling News, Cobb looked back at the conversation he had with WWE. Ooh, I love hearing this shit. Love hearing the behind the scenes stuff. So let's hear what Cobb had to say. He said, quote, it was just so happened right before the pandemic in 2020. I started getting phone calls. William Regal would call me. Brian Kendrick would call me and say, hey, it's cool if we could pass your number to WWE Senior Director of Talent Development, uh, Canyon Seam. I'm always open to talk to people and entertain talks. This was around the time New Japan and I were figuring out a contract situation at the time. AEW offered me a contract as well. Wow, so you had contract offers from uh, WWE, AEW, and it was still working out a contract with New Japan. That's pretty dope, man. That's pretty cool. Three of the hottest promotions? That's banging. Uh, this is the first time where I ever felt like, oh my God, I was the new girl in high school. <laughs> well, that actually is true. Uh, the new girl in high school, good way to look at it. And uh, all the guys want to be with me. It was really cool. I got really close, maybe in the summer of 2021. I was FaceTiming Cameron a couple of times, maybe June or July, and it got pretty close. Um, I got to hear what they offered, and at the end of the day, I chose what I was doing as opposed to going after the money, and people were giving me a lot of grief for it. Yeah, I'm giving them a lot of shit, huh? Um, at the end of the day, I can make a great living being in Japan and doing a couple of appearances here and there. It may not be like WWE, The Rock, money, but I'm a low-maintenance type of guy. I don't need millions and millions of dollars, although people are like, you stupid for not taking that. The good thing about it is, a few months after a bunch of conversations with Canyon is when he got fired and a huge dumping of the roster happened. Looking back, I think I made a good decision and a good choice because... If I were there six, seven months, I could have been one of those people released and crawling back to another company for a job. New Japan definitely took care of me during a pandemic when they didn't have to and didn't have much going on. We still got paid. They're loyal to me, and I'm going to be loyal to them. There you go. All about loyalty. Jeff Cobb's loyal. That's respect. That really is. That, that's respect, man. 
you know, um, I don't think people get a lot of, you know, respect for being loyal um, in society um, and especially in the wrestling industry. You got to be cutthroat. You got to be this. You got to be savage. You know, you got to be with the smoke, all this other shit. But if someone's loyal, that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Um, so shout out to Jeff Cobb there. Uh, we'll see where he's at next. I know he's still in New Japan uh, putting on bangers. So we'll see if he appears in AEW or WWE in the near future again. Um, WWE. Disappointing update emerges on John Cena's WrestleMania plans. This is coming from Give Me Sport, Lewis Danger. Um, the article reads, WWE John Cena won't be able to appear on TV in the build-up to WrestleMania 39. It now has been claimed. All right, that's just an opinion, right? As in, it's not true, right? It's been claimed. It's been claimed by somebody. Is it true? I don't know. It's what it seems like. While The Rock and Steve Austin are set to miss out on WrestleMania, it's widely believed that Cena will be wrestling on the show and he will be going one-on-one with Austin Theory. I'm telling you that right now. One of the marquee matchups will be John Cena versus Austin Theory. Now, will it be for the United States Championship? That's the problem. That's the issue we kind of run into right now. Will it be for the WWE title? People are saying yes, like myself. Others are saying no. It doesn't need the United States Championship. And that's true. It doesn't. But it'd be better if it was for the U.S. title. Because think about it. If it's not for the U.S. title, then what's going to be the United States Championship match? You follow me? And don't say ladder match. I don't want to see a ladder match for the U.S. title. It needs to be John Cena and Austin Theory. While The Rock and Steve Austin are set to mess out on WrestleMania, John Cena is widely to believe to be wrestling. However, a new report has reversed that the 16-time world champion won't actually be free until right before the big show in April. So he's going to pull out a WrestleMania 34 type of situation with The Undertaker, where Undertaker was not in the build towards the match at all, or actually, it was actually reversed. Uh, It was the Undertaker that wasn't on the build towards that match. It was actually John Cena building that match all by himself. Now, it looks like that's going to be reversed, and Austin Theory is going to have to just build the the program by himself until John Cena, maybe a week or two, uh, finally makes his return, but we'll see. The feeling among many fans is that John Cena is going to be at WrestleMania working a match with WWE's biggest show of the year uh, for the first time since 2020. At the show, if reports are to be believed, he'll be facing Austin Theory with the United States Championship or with the United States Champion making several references to John Cena on TV over the last few weeks. Exactly. He's facing Theory at WrestleMania. And it better be for the United States title. However, Variety... Varieties in pro wrestling. I've never heard Variety report about pro wrestling. It's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Variety is reporting that Cena is currently in Australia filming a new movie. Oh, it's a movie shit. I'm like, yo, is Variety in pro wrestling? Nah. All right. So they're just reporting that Cena is currently in Australia filming a new movie called Ricky Stanky with Zac Efron. Shout out to Zac Efron, man. Um which won't be wrapping up until the end of March. Oh, you cutting it close there. 
It's worth noting that while production doesn't rule John Cena out of WrestleMania, it does not mean, or it does mean he's highly unlikely to be able to appear on any Raw or SmackDown shows before the big pay-per-view. WWE could also do an open challenge spot, as we saw with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, or just announce Cena going to be at WrestleMania, but not have him appear beforehand. Now, I don't want to see an open challenge. That's predictable. We all know it's going to be Cena in theory. Why is Austin Theory going to be like, I want an open challenge? Motherfucker, we know it's going to be John Cena. So just announce the match. Just announce the match. Actually, they, they should announce it like within the next two weeks. Within the next two weeks or even after Elimination Chamber. Just announce the match. So we know ahead of time. You feel me? Like, that shit, it don't make sense. Uh, as noted, John Cena is not only legend to have been approached for a WrestleMania match. Again, if reports start to be believed, and this is coming from uh, The Rock and Steve Austin, as I already reported. We're getting The Rock not wrestling. We're getting Austin not wrestling. John Cena will be wrestling, and he will be wrestling Austin Theory, and it will be for the United States Championship. Now, this is the last article here, because um, like I said, I already talked about um, Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, already all talked about that. We're going to end it with some AEW stuff, all right? So, Willow Nightingale wants women's tag team titles or another physical goal to work towards in AEW. Willow Nightingale, sweetheart. Another physical goal to work towards in AEW. That's cool. That's respectable. That's fine. But women's tag team champions? I knew this was going to be... I knew this was going to be caught up. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Somebody was going to bring this up. And then now the IWC is going to come together. They're going to pander. Oh, we want women's tag team titles. Look at the WWE's tag team division. On NXT, Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown for the women. You look at that, and then now you want AEW to have a tag team division? Come on. And I don't want to hear anybody tell me, oh, what? Uh, it could be different. It won't be different. They don't have enough women. They don't have enough women. All right. They could barely hold a TBS division. Be smart, you guys. Be smart. Willow Nightingale expressed their interest in having women's tag team titles in AEW. No. Nightingale has risen to stardom through her time in AEW. And she has established herself as a fan favorite star. After internally competing on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation, she has become a opponent member of the women's division, and she has often compete on AEW TV. Nightingale and Ruby Soho have joined forces as they recently battled Tay Mello and Anna J AS in a street fight on January 13th episode of AEW Rampage. Moving forward, Nightingale is eager to keep rolling as a tag team. This isn't good. Tony Khan, if you're listening to me or anybody in AEW is listening to me, you guys do not need tag team championships for the women's division. You don't have a lot of women, first and foremost. Second of all, you're already kind of struggling with Jade Cargill as TBS champion. I watched the match last night with Red Velvet 
It was I. Was I? You know, uh, people are trying to come up with an opponent for Jade Cargill. Who's going to be the person to beat the the TBS champion? Now, people are saying Chris Statlander. What about Mercedes Varnado? Come on now. What about Mercedes Varnado? How about this? Jade Cargill does an open challenge at Revolution. And that's where Chris Statlander and or Mercedes Varnado appear and or Tiffany Fatu. Let's do something like that. I think something like that would be pretty cool for Revolution for Jade Cargill. But speaking on, excuse me, the Vicky Guerrero show, shout out to Vicky. Nightingale was asked to name her next target in AEW. She responded by nothing that the company doesn't have women's tag team titles right now, but she'd like to keep working with Soho. Uh, she said it that it would be awesome to have another title or a trope. Well, you already have a title. You already have another title. What are you talking about? You have the TBS championship. You already have another title for the women. You want another title? You don't have a lot of women. So I'm trying to get people to understand. They don't have a lot of women. Uh, Nightingale also brought up a potential rematch with TBS champion Jade Cargill. Look at Nightingale can be one of those opponents to beat Jade Cargill. We'll see. But Nightingale said, quote, we don't necessarily uh, a tag team championship. We have tag teams within our tag team division. But I think personally working with Ruby, I think having uh, been there and an official tag team or some sort of physical goal to work towards, uh, be it a championship or some kind of trophy or medal, because I know they had done something to tag team tournament in the past. I think that would be a really cool, awesome direction to take the women's division. All right. If they want to have like a trophy or a medal or something, that's fine. But a championship? Fuck no. Absolutely not. But a medal or a trophy? I'm with that. I'm fine with that. Um, I love the fact that we have two championships in the women's division as is. the With the AEW Women's World Tag Team Championship and the TBS Championship. But I think a tag team championship would really be awesome. Because I'd love to continue working with Ruby Soho and really kind of... Finding our own little groove as a tag team. No. Okay. So this is a selfish move by, um, you know, Nightingale. This is a selfish move by her. So right off the bat, I don't like what she has to say. Because it sounds like she's just for herself. She's for herself here. She's not for the overall women's division. She is, but she's not as well. All right. Um. I'm for her in regards to, you know, having a trophy, having a medal for the women's division, but having a championship, fuck no, fuck out of here, absolutely not. Having a championship would not be a good look for the women's division because you have no teams, you have no teams. I complain about the same thing with WWE, and they still have the tag team titles. They don't have teams, but uh, that's all I got for you guys. Tony Khan, you're listening to me? Mercedes Varnado, Tiffany Fatu, Chris Statlander, TBS Championship, Open Challenge, at Revolution, Jay Cargill has been every single person. The next person she defends the title against at Revolution, if it goes to 60-0 by then, needs to be one of those three women. Let's make it happen. I booked that. Me. So let's make it happen, Tony Khan.
Let's see what happens. But um, I appreciate everybody for joining me on the Wrestling Takeover podcast. This will be the last podcast for the week. If you guys missed my Monday Night Raw review uh, this week, go check it out um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and also on Spreaker. Please go check out the podcast on Spreaker. Um, I will be posting it more on Spreaker, even more um, on social media, other than Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stuff. You guys can go find them on those um, you know, platforms, but Spreaker is where I will be posting them more on social media. Uh, shout out to everybody for the continued love and support. I appreciate everybody. Uh, thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, no podcast for the remainder of the week. And uh, I'll see you guys on Monday for Monday Night Raw for a brand new week of content right here on the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. This is the Creative King. I'm signing off. And again, be sure to check out my new article on DiscussPW.com talking about the Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Quebec, Canada between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.